fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast. It is episode number 283, Predator 2. Um, I, we're just excited to be here because we love all these movies. It's the end of our sequel month, so that's it's already a little strange to think that we are one month into 1990 or 2020, however you want to look at that, already. It seems to have gone by very, very fast, um, but uh, here we are, so... Uh, I am here tonight with Bo and Pat. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Doing good, John. Oh, John, how about yourself? Doing okay. Doing okay. It's been it's been a bit of a week at work, but I'm just glad that we're here to yeah. talk some movies because that's the that's the respite in the storm. Mm-hmm. The the calm before the rest of the storm for the rest of the week. But um, no, it's it's. I always look forward to talking movies with you guys in the midst of all the other craziness going on. Yes. So, uh, so we got a Predator 2 movie tonight, uh, but very, very quickly, let me jump through our usual uh, spiel at the beginning here. Uh, spoiler alert, we spoil freely, so just be warned. We're going to talk movies and just we're not going to really edit ourselves too much when it comes to um, giving away plot details of this movie or maybe any other related movie. So just be warned, we, we talk freely. Uh, iTunes reviews, please leave us a five-star review. If you can find a way to leave a six-star review, uh, that would be very amazing. And tell us how you did it, because we would be super curious. Also, visit our website, 30podcast.com. That's got all the other different ways to interact with us, whether it's the voicemail line, of which we have a voicemail, and we'll be playing one here in just a little bit. Um, And we've also got uh, our Letterboxd page, where you can kind of follow us there and see some of the ratings and a, a visual way to kind of see some of the movies that we've done in the past, as well as every other episode we've ever done and all the different ways that you can go about listening to those. So... Uh, there was, I actually, Pat, you started to talk about something. I didn't have a whole lot of movie news uh, for tonight, but you started to talk about something and I was like, well, well, hold on, let's hit record and then we can throw that in there too. So I think you were starting to talk about a TV show that you had been enjoying. Yeah. I, um, my brother has been trying to get me to watch the expanse for Amazon prime he, for, I would say a couple of years. And I watched like the first couple episodes, but then there was a bunch of other stuff and I, I just couldn't get into it. And it was one of those things almost like uh, the, the reboot of Battlestar Galactica, where you, you can't just put it on in the background. You really have to pay attention. Um, and so I just, I couldn't get, so I decided like about a month ago to uh, check it out. And man, it is fantastic. It is not just good. It is not just awesome. I mean, it is incredible, incredible. Uh, uh, it is an incredible show. I mean, it. I'm trying to keep it spoiler free, so I'll just say, the. I mean, the sets, the detail, the costuming, all that technical is at a very, very high level. The plot, the story is incredibly, incredibly enthralling, and it just keeps getting better. I mean, it's it's like I don't 
I don't, I have not picked up on any clunker episodes um, in there. The characters, the casting, I mean, you're genuinely um, wanting to know what happens to these characters. And just the other day I was watching it and I was kind of doing the half watch it thing. I was like, you know, doing the dishes while I was watching it on my phone. And it was one of those that like, okay, wait a minute. Did, did what just happened? Was that what I thought? So I'm like, okay. So later I got home and I put it on and I rewatched the entire episode and it was, I was sitting there in tears. I mean, it was incredibly emotionally uh, captivating. So I'm telling you, man, it is, it's, it's, the expanse is the real deal. I mean, it's, it's pretty fantastic. And yeah, it's taking, I, I and it's taking, that one yet. That's, that's it, been on my list, but. Oh man. And it's taking every shred of self-control to not say, okay, I just got to tell you about this one scene. I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's, it's great. So I know we all have stuff to watch. I know it's, you know, but it's really, really, really good. It is. I, I've seen, I saw the first season when it was on sci-fi. Okay. And I haven't gotten back to it since it's been on Amazon, but I hear good things about it a lot. Um, and it is, it, at the time, it was amazing. Like, and so I'm looking forward to getting back to it soon-ish. Yeah. I, now, I've got to ask, was it, it was it originally a sci-fi show? Yep. Okay, because it does, there's parts where it fades to commercial. And I'm like, yeah. why is it do, oh, okay, now I, all right, now that fits into place. Yeah, season one was on the Sci-Fi Channel. Even, mm, yeah, maybe not season two. I can't remember if it switched to Amazon on season two or season three, but um, people that are smarter than me can comment at some point. And but uh, yeah, it uh, that is a great show. Yeah, and you know, I'm trying to compare it because the I'm phone. I'm, I want the phone. Oh yeah, yeah. That is that is like all the 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 the, the um props. The, the ships, the, the lighting boards, all the, the, that is, it's really well done. Yeah. It's a very well put together show. And Bo, when I, gotta, I first saw it, it surprised me that sci-fi still had the budget to put on a show like that. Yeah. And when it left and went to Amazon, I was not surprised because nothing about that production feels cheap. No, no. And the characters, the characters are awesome. I mm. mean, they, and they keep, they, I mean, it's like, you know, ogres have layers, onions have layers. I mean, they just keep going deeper with those characters. And there's so much stuff that almost like, you know, when you watched uh, Stranger Things 3 and it was like, oh my gosh, they went there? No, not in my wildest dream. Okay, they're going there. That is outstanding. Like, you know, those kinds of things. That's what happens as the seasons go on. Like I'm sitting there trying to figure out like, okay, is this like a Stranger Things where, okay, season two is cool and season three is cool, but season one is still pretty unique? Or is this something different where it just keeps getting, and it, it, it just keeps getting better? I mean, I, I really, really can't recommend it enough. I mean, it's, it's outstanding. Cool, very cool. Yeah, it's, it's been on my watch list for a while and just haven't gotten around to it. So it's, it's going to need to, it's going to need to be there. All right, well, let, let me know when you guys do so I can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Not to hijack it into the TV podcast, but uh, do it, do it. Star Trek Picard. I was about to ask if you'd watched it yet. Yes, go talk to us. Yeah, oh. it's it's good stuff. Um, it, it's it's getting um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's getting some harsh reviews. Yeah, I heard starting about starting out. I heard those starting reviews. out slow. Um, and I can see where people are coming from, but I would like to know how many of the people who think it started off slow 
watched Discovery. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like this is the new normal for these streaming services. They have a story to tell in 10 to 12 episodes. They're not in a hurry. They're going to tell their story and they're going to do it at a pace that feels right. They're not going to try to whiz bang you into something too fast and Mm -hmm. blow their wad too early. I, it has been a long time coming and that was 45 of the best minutes of television I've seen in a while. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It just felt so good to return to that world, and and I. Well, it it pulls it pulls from everywhere. It does, and I mean you've you've got you've got some Voyager stuff, you've got some Mm -hmm. uh, J.J. Abrams stuff, you've got Next Generation stuff, you've got yeah. It's what they're doing is really cool. I've been reading some stuff more than I usually do. I hear we're gonna get a little more Nero. A little okay. more Nero origin story kind of stuff. Really? Which is exciting. Um, I love the interaction with the dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't want to give away anything, but the, the big reveal in the first episode was not as surprised as some people were. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I saw that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this is giving away too much because I think it's out there in the ether. But Pat, I don't know how encyclopedic your memory of Next Generation is. But if oh. I said Commander Bruce Maddox, would that mean anything to you? Okay, so yes, because okay, I, okay <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna say I was just doing some research on the show, and ah, that was, okay, that was the cat that um, he uh, when they were trying to figure out if Data was alive or not. Uh huh. He, he was the guy, didn't he? Uh, he was, you know, he kept referring to him as it, and yep. uh, yeah, okay. I'd like to introduce you all to Encyclopedia Cantagallica. I'm just, no, no, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm saying I just read about it. Otherwise I would have said, I know that name, but not where. So I'm not, I'm not claiming encyclopedic knowledge. I'm, I'm, you know, I know what company of which, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with right now. So. It, it made me honestly giddy just to watch. And then the thing I will say, I don't know, um, when you do get ready to watch it, if you have when, once you have the, the access to do it, try to get a hold of the short treks also. Um, sometimes you have to get those a different way. Mm-hmm. They, they've been producing a bunch, and there's a one that's called Children of Mars that okay. is supposed to tie into Picard somehow, and I'm starting to see it, but I don't want to give anything away yet. Um, well, there's some obvious tie-ins from the first episode, but I think there's a deeper tie-in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We learned our lesson from Discovery Season 2, pay attention to the short tracks. Yeah. Every short track that played before Discovery Season 2 had a tie-in to a Season 2 episode or two. Yeah. Uh, now, now, help me out. What is a short track? Oh, They're just like you, little, what do you think, like eight-minute yeah. eight minute episodes? Eight minutes, sometimes less, sometimes a little longer, but no more than eight minutes, just little short films based okay. in this universe and they are delicious there's an animated one out there that think of it yeah eight minutes of wally but set in the star trek universe okay it's so cool wow and it's and that's the lead up to their lower deck show which has come out soon mm-hmm. interesting um, but it and and some of the short tracks leading off of discovery season two were amazing too they, they give you a triple backstory in one of them, which is super cool. Um, yeah, the short tracks have been exciting. Cool. Yeah. 
and the children of Mars one, the way, oh, the production value in that, the way they did the music underneath that, you'll die. Hmm. Awesome. All right. I got to check that one. Out. I haven't seen the, the short track one yet. Oh, you got it. Children of Mars. They, they, did you ever hear? Oh, of course you did. Cause you guys watch Stranger Things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Peter Gabriel does a version of heroes for Stranger Things. And I don't remember which season I could look it up. Mm-hmm. Hear that. It's a really slow version of heroes. And the only reason I think it's in Stranger Things is when I downloaded the song on, um, yeah, why is it Stranger Things OST? Um, oh, cover song at the end of Stranger Things season three. There you go. It's a haunting cover of David Bowie's Heroes by Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Oh, which is used by the show once before. Hold, please. The internet is loading. <laughs> Where else did they use it? In episode three of the first season. So if you've ever heard that, this whole eight minute short tracks is basically played with that song playing underneath. Hmm. Huh. Uh, awesome. Super cool. And if you haven't heard it, just go listen to the song. Peter Gabriel's cover of heroes is quite good. Cool. Um, although John being such a Bowie fan, I don't know. Is it sacrilegious? Oh no, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm good with covers. Okay. Cause I think it's awesome. It's a, it, I think it's, it's an awesome cover because it is a totally different take. Like, it is. It takes that tempo and slows it down. I would say to the nth degree. I mean, it goes yeah. real slow. Yeah, and it's awesome. So yeah, lots of good cool. sci-fi out right now. Yeah, good stuff. I do wish that that CBS All Access dropped shows like Netflix, where it would drop them tomorrow. I know. Instead of nope. waiting a week, that would be it's nice. like torture. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they need you to pay that weekly or monthly fee. It's true. Mm-hmm. They know mm-hmm. if, if they did a Netflix dump, people would be in and out all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they, know if they, don't release, the, they don't have the volume. <laughs> right. If they're going to release 10 weeks of a show, they got you for 10 weeks, which mm-hmm. means three months, and they're happy about that. So I know we got to talk about Predators, but I just have one Picard question. Yeah. Is it pretty seamless in terms of seeing what the the uh, what the world looks like with the, with the next gen world looks like in picard and if you would go back and watch picard from or uh the next generation or deep space nine or any of those or voyager or does it just have like a different look to it do, do you get what i'm saying yeah, I'm trying yeah to think. i think it's i think it's still pretty similar i mean it's it's obviously what do they say it's 14 years since he well i mean this is probably not spoiling too much is it they said it's like 14 years since he retired from starfleet right okay and so it's clearly enough in the future that things have changed a little bit. Um, and there have been some, uh, we'll say there have been some catastrophic events that have happened that yeah. kind of are driving the story. Um, one of them being, which is not a stretch to say this and not too much of a spoiler, being the destruction of uh, Romulus from the J.J. Abrams movie. Yeah, right. okay. When, yeah. when their son goes Nova, like that event is in the past in this show. Right. Okay, and that Picard was supposedly integral in trying to get some of the Romulans out, like to get to re- refugees to safety. Um, but there's there's other, and I'm not going to tell you what they are. There's other catastrophic events or an event that happened even after that that are kind of driving a big point of this story. So it is a similar world, but it's a little bit more. I think you get a little bit more of some of the Deep Space Nine cynicism, okay, yeah. than you do with maybe maybe even the original you know, next generation. And I, and, and, and I also, I think it's more of a function of the time it's being made, but you've also got to see it through even more of a, I'd say an enterprise color palette. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
the next generation color palette was a little saturate mm-hmm. i would say everything was very bright mm-hmm. and enterprise kind of toned it down i won't say they dirtied it up because they didn't enterprise dirtied it up but we're still in the clean future of the next generation right okay but the color palette is a little more muted it's a lot softer yeah so it definitely okay. feels updated so that can you know that i won't say it was jarring but it was mm-hmm. it's a it's a good mixture i think if you've watched any of discovery and if you watched oh, yeah. next generation back in the day i think it's a good mixture of the two i would agree okay not having see if you haven't seen discovery i think enterprise is the closest yeah stylistically okay yeah to it maybe even jj stuff yeah but i think so not as but not as flashy as jj that's the thing like right you're this not gonna slower. Get lens flare mm-hmm. and <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be running down every hallway, you know. Although for an old guy, I mean, there, he did in that first episode. He did a bit of running, and I was impressed. He did, he did. Yeah. But it, you know, it, it, it's not going to be like Spaceballs, where you know, I got to right. run. The ship is too big. We'll be over. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> hey, hey, he was the only cadet that won the Academy uh, Marathon his freshman year. That's right. Or That's his true. plebe. What would have been plebe year? I don't think they call him freshman. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Encyclopedia uh, Cantagallica, okay. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all right, I was all right. Say, that's a good one. All right. That's there's, very good. Hey, there's four lights, okay? That's no. damn right there. No, is. That, I'm sorry, that, but that reference came up when he was taken by the Borg, not when he was in, by the Cardassians. The Cardassians. Yeah, the yeah, Cardassians, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I'm, I'm very excited for Picard. I- I, I actually I confused my I confused my kids one time we were working I feel like we were working on something in the basement and I yelled that I yelled there <laughs> oh, are four, four lights and, yeah and they had no clue what was I was like guys come on clearly I haven't done right by yeah you. yeah well you know <laughs> that was one of the scarier episodes of Next Generation it oh, was I'm, I'm not gonna too much not, well hey when I when the kids I was I feel like I had I had put on some Star Trek at one point and so their first taste ever of Star Trek was. Um, I believe the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. So that was their first ever, and and I think they were probably hooked after that. Like we watched, and this is a couple years ago. I think I feel like we start. watched like three episodes in a row right after that. Yeah. You know what I think made that episode so? Uh, wait, are we talking about where he became like the Borg? Or yeah, okay, because the four lights. I, I thought. Was the or was that what you were saying was a scary episode or the four lights episode? Well, the four lights yeah. one is scary. I, that's that was the, that's not one they've seen yet. And then yeah, that that's, one that's yeah. like torture. That's and intense. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know what I think really sells it is uh, and who's the guy that they bring in? He plays uh, uh, Chance Gorkin. Um, he plays. I think he plays mm-hmm. um, uh, not Cromwell, but uh, whoever the um, British commander, the gen- British general in uh, the Patriot. What's that yeah. guy's name? Anyways, he was really, really good, and uh, I think that that helped make Is that it, whole thing. Um, David Warner. David Warner. Yes. Yeah. David yeah. Warner. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, are we ready to talk about some other space aliens? I was just going to say, what are we here to talk? Like, I'm all excited about <laughs> Star Trek. Aliens. And- <laughs> space aliens. This is, ladies and gentlemen, the Predator Two, the Next Generation podcast <laughs> at least at least it's predator too and we're not going to have to segue into pretty woman well that's true that's it that's that's next week so yeah yeah um although let's we'll pull back the curtain for anybody listening here that's why this is going to be a little bit of an awkward evening yeah is because we're recording these back to back so people are going to hear 
Um, so actually, people are going to, when this gets released, I'm going to release two episodes on the same day. So people are going to get the Young Guns 2 and Predator 2 episode on the same day. Mm, cool. Um, and then for them, it's going to be a week until we talk about Pretty Woman. For us, it's going to be a really weird night because we're starting with Predator 2 and we're ending with Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a, we, we've got a, we, we're swinging the pendulum just a bit in terms of the spectrum of our movies here. Yeah. But uh, all right. So I uh, got a couple of things really, really quick. Now I've got a voicemail that I want to play uh, that actually came from part of our Oklahoma contingent uh, that listens cool. to the podcast and interacts with us a lot. But Pat, you actually told me before we started recording, you wanted to actually say something uh, just real quick before we kind of get into some of that stuff. So I will hand the mic over to you for a little bit. Well, and I'm, I'm, I won't hog it too much because uh, a little bit of an emotional uh, couple of months, or I guess it's been a couple of months in the, uh, in the Canagallo house, uh, as several of you and, and, and the hosts obviously know, uh, my mom passed away uh, a couple of months ago and uh, it was uh, not expected. And it was, a, it was, a, uh, it's, it's been a little rough. I'll just keep it like that. And I just want to say that uh, just a big thank you. Well, obviously to John and Bo and all the hosts and my friends and everything. I mean, it's just been uh, staggering how supportive everybody's been. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm left by saying, I just hope that I can be as good a friend to all, to all the folks in their time of need that they've been to me. Uh, but I, I you know, I, I want to focus this by saying, John, you know, you were, uh, so wonderful that, you know, when you were kind of communicating, I think with some of our Oklahoma listeners, uh, you had mentioned somehow that had come out that, uh, my mom had passed on and, uh, you know, they actually reached out and wanted to be uh, you know, some sort of support. And so you actually set up a GoFundMe page for the American Cancer Society. Um, and these guys, uh, you guys all donated to that. And so I, um, boy, I just don't know what to say. And I'm going to keep it short. I'll probably get a little choked up if I start to think about the whole thing. But boy, just from the bottom of my heart and the, you know, the bottom of my family's hearts, uh, thank you. Uh, to all our listeners that sent, obviously sent their condolences and thoughts and prayers and all that, but uh, also to uh, reach out and make a donation that uh, in my mom's name to such a great cause, the American Cancer Society, that just really uh, uh, meant a whole lot. So just, you know, I, I wish I was, I love using words, but I just, you know, I'm not a very eloquent person. So just please, please, please humbly accept, or please accept my, my very humble thank you, because that was a very meaningful gesture uh, to, a lot of, to a lot of the Canagallo folks up here. So thank you all very much. Yeah, yeah. And I, I will say, you know, having, having gone to the service, um, I'd only met your mom a couple times when she would come help out with stuff at the school. And yeah. um, I think one or two of the times that we were at your house uh, for, you know, something in the summertime. Or it was actually the kid's birthday party. And, yeah. um, you know, only met your mom a couple times, but being at the service, for your mom, it just, it was, it was very clear. I mean, there was standing room only, um, in the church and, and, and not a small church, but, uh, nope. not, not a huge church, but not a small church, but there was standing right. room only there. And just, you know, some of the, some of the stories that were shared and memories and, and all that is very, very clear that, you know, she influenced a lot of people's lives and, um, you know, particularly through music, but, um, you know, just sounded like, a life that'll definitely be missed by, you know, her family and more than just her family. So, um, yeah, so I, I was going to say thank you too, to our, you know, all of our listeners who donated and, uh, a lot of the Oklahoma contingent, uh, folks were ones that did. And, um, so just thank you to everybody who kind of stepped up and just were able to 
share just a, a small token of uh, support for Pat and his family. Yeah, that really meant a whole lot. So thank you all. Thank you. All right. Well, speaking of the Oklahoma contingent, uh, it is actually one of them that left us a voicemail this time around. Um, they okay. left a voicemail after listening to our RoboCop show. So um, they they heard the RoboCop show. Now, we've already recorded our Young Guns show, so they do mention a couple things about Young Guns in here. I just called to say I love you. Ed Rooney's office. Paris Bueller's online, too. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. What am I doing? I'm talking to an empty telephone. I don't understand. Because there was a dead man on the other end of this line. Maybe. I guess you should have called. I did call earlier when using the phone. Earlier when was that? Or later when then... I uh, le left a message. A message? What number did you call? Two, four, niner, five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No, it was cordless. Mm -hmm. You know what? Don't. Not here. Not now. Okay. Bye-bye. Shoot. She knew it was me. Hey, guys. D. Graves here. Uh, just finished RoboCop 2 enjoyed your perspective i don't even think i saw that movie but i cannot wait for young guns one pat i think you'll find this one is the uh answer to your question can the sequel be better it definitely can be young guns 2 is fantastic please don't forget to touch on bon jovi in native american jewelry jamming out to blaze of glory in a drive-in theater on top of a plateau in arizona that's and, right. of course, thank you guys so much for the shout-out. We really appreciate everything you do. Thank you from the Oklahoma contingent. Uh, looking forward to your next one. See you guys later. Bye. Nice. Right on. Yeah, I so, forgot about the Bon Jovi video. Oh, my gosh. As he's saying it, I'm like, he I totally know. didn't mention that. Mm -hmm. Oh, That's my crazy. gosh. That was that video. Holy buckets. That's great. Yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it so, is. So yeah, we we did. I mean, we talked a little bit about Bon Jovi. We didn't go much into right, the. But we didn't talk about that specific. Right. 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 So so talk about it now. How do you feel about the Bon Jovi video? <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, God. Oh, man, it it was a different age of music when. Okay, dare I say it? Don't don't record me on this one. Everybody earmuff it. Okay. When pop music was good. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go out. Okay. But yeah, you, I mean, you're going to get in some trouble for that. But. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, not, on, not on this show. No, I, I didn't say on this show. I'm talking later. I, yeah, I know. I know. The, the friendly fire guys always have funny things to say when they say controversial stuff about, man, the internet's going to attack my phone. But I mean, no, I, I just, yeah, that back in the day when videos would happen and the, the bands had guitar solos and, oh, yeah. And it would usually be, oh man, all those movies on this time, the video like took place like on the movie set, right? Yeah. They, they were up on the plateau. I mean, yeah. Cause oh, yeah. you had, I mean, you was... had uh, like, you had the guns and roses. If you remember the guns and roses one, I think they were on the set of Terminator two. Yeah. They were getting mm -hmm. chased by that, the yeah. T 1000, right? Yeah. Wasn't I that? Think so. yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh man. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. That was a, that was a, that was an awesome part of the whole young guns two thing. So his, so I, then this is not our Young Guns 2 podcast because that was, well, same day. You know, this one's coming out same day, but for us, it was a couple weeks ago. Um, so he made a comment in there and said that 
this is a case where the sequel is better than the original. Now, in our recording, which if you've listened to it, you've listened to it probably right before listening to this show. Um, I disagreed. I liked the original better. Um, I don't remember if we actually explicitly, if I asked you guys explicitly, which of these movies do you like better? So he says that he enjoys two better than one. What do you think? I'm going to pull shenanigans on this and, and say, I, I, I just see them as like two chapters in the same book. Like I really, they just seem to, I don't know. And I, I, it, it was like, they did the sequel in the right way. It continued on. I mean, how do you top the original? I'm going to give the non-answer. I'm going to talk for 20 minutes and it's going to come down to, I love them both. Pat, if, if your copy, if your copy of the book was caught in a shredder and you can only save <laughs> one chapter, which chapter yeah. would you save? Oh man, I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if I could pick one. It's just, they, they both had their own, their own flavor. Pat, if Billy the kid was holding a gun to your head and he said that you have to pick either young guns one or young guns two, which one would you choose? <laughs> Make me famous. <laughs> I, I, I know that's my, uh, you'll make, I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry. I can't pick. <laughs> I just, I figured I'd just try to push you a couple times and see if I can yeah, get it. No, I know. I'm, I'll okay. see if something comes out. I'll see if something comes out, but okay. it, they, they both have. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take 20 minutes and extol the virtues of both and then get, get no further. Bo, do you have a, do you have a moment of clarity? Do you have, do you have an answer to this? Conundrum? Well, I agree with, with the, the theory that they are two halves of a whole because mm-hmm. I do. I do think that as a standalone film, I like the second one better. And, and I, will, I will couch that in the fact that it's similar to the way, and I know this is sacrilege, I enjoy, now I'm not saying it's a better film, but I enjoy watching Die Hard 2 mm-hmm. more than I enjoy watching the original Die Hard. And it's mm-hmm. because it's a fun movie. Like Die Hard 1, pretty serious, action, shoot him up, good bad guy, great movie, love it, no complaints. Die Hard 2, similar to Young Guns 2, they found the funny and they were still able to tell the serious story they wanted to tell, mm-hmm. which to me feels more like real life. Like there are humorous moments, even in stress. Mm-hmm. And I think when they're able, they're able to find the funny in the second movie often because they've already built the characters. They don't mm-hmm. have to spend that time creating this person for you. They've done that. So now they can explore that person and kind of flesh them out and make them more three-dimensional. So someone who in the first movie might not get a chance to be a full three-dimensional person gets a chance in a sequel. Yeah. So I think that's why there are sequels that do better is because they're able to take that character and go deeper. Yeah. And I'm going to, and I'm going to say too, I found the second one almost um, uh, more compelling in that you kind of had this really, and it was played out. You kind of had this, this fear that dude, everyone's going to get it in the end of this one. You know, it kind of had, Oh yeah. They um, set you up. They could have done that. You know, I mean, it was, it was, it it just, there was this feeling of dread because they were getting, you know, chased down. You felt like the net was closing on them. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm going to, I got to be honest with you. I love uh, uh, history. I love old things. I love, um, you know, talking to people that are of, you know, and listening to interviews of people from older generations. Um, you know, let me compare it to something like inanimate, you 
know, you, you see a motorcycle that's made in a, like a retro style, right? And you're just like, oh, wow, that's cool. They're kind of flashing back to how they used to make bikes. And then let's say you go to some like, like cruise night, some uh, bike night, and all of a sudden some guy rolls up on a vintage motorcycle. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is like a link to the past. Like this guy's been riding around on this. Like this is the real deal. This is a 19 whatever, uh, you know, Harley Davidson or Honda or Yamaha or, you know, some vintage brand that they don't make anymore, you know? Okay. So what am I talking about? That scene in Young Guns 2 where, uh, uh, what is it? Brushy Bill or whatever he calls himself comes wandering out of the desert. And all of a sudden the guy's like realizing, oh, okay, this is, this is Billy the kid. And he's still wearing the six shooter and the whole thing. And it's like that kind of stuff. I get, I get suckered into that kind of stuff. John, I know you said you like time travel. Like I like that. Like whenever there's a, okay, some guy just came wandering out and, you know, he's back. Um, I, I get like that excited in Star Wars when Obi-Wan Kenobi appears, you know, even before you've had all the prequels and all that other thing, it's like, oh, wow, this guy's like the last link to the, you know, the old Jedi Knights. So I really dig that angle um, in uh, uh, Young Guns too. that, you know, they've got this old guy telling the story. And even cycling back to that whole, it's a little bit more dramatic listen to the theme music from Young Guns 2 and compare it to the theme music from Young Guns. Young Guns is, I think, John, you described it as like the rock and roll Western mm-hmm. and it's like a party all the way through. This one, the way that theme, it's just more, it's got a more somber, more um, anguished kind of sound to it. And it just sounds like, yep, the net's closing in. And I don't think uh, everybody from the uh, uh, Billy the Kid gang is going to survive in this one. And, uh, yeah. So anyways, that's why I like the second one. Now, again, I don't know if I can say I like it better than the first one, but it's, um, yeah, I dug the second one. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. Well, we're ready to talk a little Predator. Oh, yeah, that's right. Predator. Okay. I, that, that is what we're here for. I mean, it's not the Young Guns <laughs> Star Trek Picard episode, but, you know, it's it's all good Aww. stuff. So. It's all good stuff. Well, we can blend it all together. That's fine. If you want the Predator to go toe-to-toe with uh, Picard in a fist fight while Bon Jovi is playing in the background. Dude, it, okay. it, sounds like, it sounds like I'm coming up with my own version of Ready Player One. Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Ready Player Two, the sequel. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, this time around, we are talking Predator 2. Predator 2 came out on the 21st of November, 1990, rated R, with a runtime of one hour, 48 minutes, directed by Stephen Hopkins, uh, who also did Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, uh, Lost in Space, the 1998 version. Producers were John Davis, Lawrence Gordon, and Joel Silver. Davis did iRobot, Gordon did Lockup, and Silver did one of the greatest movies of all time, Demolition Man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Writers for this one, it's, it's not a lie. I really can't wait till we get to that one. Uh, writers for this one are Jim Thomas and John Thomas, and together they all both did Predator, Wild Wild West, and Executive Decision. Uh, Executive Decision, if I can say that one correctly. Uh, cinematography is done by Peter Levy, who also did Broken Arrow and Judgment Night. Music was done by Alan Silvestri, who did The Avengers and The Polar Express. Budget was thirty-five million. Box office was fifty-seven point one million. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a twenty-nine percent. Rotten Tomatoes audience give it a 44. IMDb gives it a 63, Letterboxd a 56, and CinemaScore a B+. Uh, Kevin Peter Hall, who died in 1991, played the Predator. He was in Harry and the Hendersons and Big Top Pee Wee. Danny Glover played Lieutenant Mike Harrigan. He was in Lethal Weapon and Angels in the Outfield. Gary Busey played Peter Keyes. He was in Point Break at Under Siege. Ruben Blades played Danny Archuleta. He was in Once Upon a Time in Mexico and Safe House. Maria Conchita Alonso 
played Leona Cantrell. She was in The Running Man and Extreme Prejudice. Bill Paxton, who died in 2017, played Jerry Lambert. He was in Aliens, Apollo 13, and Frailty. Robert Davi played Captain Phil Heineman. He was in The Goonies and Licensed to Kill. Adam Baldwin played Garber. He was in Full Metal Jacket Independence Day. Kent McCord played Captain B. Pilgrim. He was in Galactica 1980 and Airplane 2. And Calvin Lockhart, who died in 2007, played King Willie. He was in Wild at Heart and Coming to America. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a second. Los Angeles, 1997. It's the hottest summer on record. Pollution is choking the city. The gangs control the streets. It has not been a nice day! As bad as things are, they're about to get worse. Much worse. Whoever killed him is gonna pay. I'm gonna finish it. It has almost no weight. But it cuts like steel. Incredible. Whoever did this took out four men armed with machine guns by hand. You don't know what you're dealing with. Other world life forms drawn by heat and conflict. He's on safari. Lions. Tigers. The bears. Oh my. Danny Glover, Gary Busey, Ruben Blades, Maria Conchita Alonso, Bill Paxton. Predator 2. He's in town with a few days to kill this Thanksgiving. All right. So as always, our questions here are taken from um, the book. I just blanked out on the name of the book. I, I keep doing that a lot lately. I keep blanking out on the names of things. Um, but it's taken from the book Focus, The Art and Soul of Cinema by Tony Watkins. Um, so we've just kind of been using those questions to help guide our talk here just a little bit. So first question we tend to start with is how does this movie make you feel? Is this movie for, for you gentlemen? Now, this movie for me, because I, I think I talked about this in one of our uh, maybe the RoboCop episode. This was in a list of movies for me that was just whenever we'd have like a sleepover or, you know, a movie that we knew our parents didn't want us to watch. But we were, for the most part, unsupervised uh, and had some time to watch some movies that we were not supposed to be watching. Uh, for, for lack of a better term, this movie was voodoo magic man for me and and some of my friends um we love this one we loved everything about the aliens and the predators and so the fact that you know predator 2 came out you got to see this thing but now instead of a jungle it's in a city and you know this was just as a kid this was one that was just a lot of fun it was a lot of fun and this movie when i watched it again it was still very much a lot of fun and i don't want to go too far into this because we can tease this out a little bit later but after watching this again, I have a little bit of a hard time deciding whether I like this one better than the original. So it may be one of those cases, just like you gentlemen were saying about Young Guns 2, because I like Young Guns 1 better than 2. Um, but I think as you were saying, I might, I don't know, I might have had more fun watching this one. But I know that the original Predator is probably a better movie. So I know we can we could talk about that, but that's kind of how this movie makes me feel is I enjoy just about every minute of it. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Hard to, hard to fault Gary. Uh, hard to argue with Gary Busey. No, 
I well, I wouldn't argue with him. I, I mean, if no. I was standing right in front of him, yeah. you better believe I'm going to do whatever he says. Yeah, that guy's yeah. crazy. Yeah, 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 legit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Well, I, I mean, I kind of interrupted you, so I mean, I, I apologize for that, but. No, uh, I agree with what you said. I saw this one first. I didn't see the predator. I saw this one first, probably at a sleepover, probably way too young um, uh, to see, to see it. But yeah, it was like, man, this is uh, it, it was it gobs of action. And um, you know, just the whole predator concept is cool. You know, the idea of, I mean, it was kind of a horror thing. Like, you know, in one sense, it's like, dude, this this will freak you out. Um, but in the same token, once they describe it as, okay, well, it's just some co- dude coming and hunting. And it's like, well, that doesn't make it okay. You got to fight him away, but it doesn't make him like evil. You know, I mean, it can, it can cause, and maybe just maybe the only people this would cause the discussion with would be in the minds of like 14 and 15 year olds, like I was when I saw it. But it, it's definitely like, okay, well, they're just hunting. So, you know, if other people go hunt animal, like what's the difference, you know, again, there's a difference, but I mean, so are you saying, are you saying you sided with the hunter and Bambi? I, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Of course, oh, John. Okay. You, you know, you know me, you know me, you know me so well, you know me so well. No, I, um, I did not, uh, uh, do that, uh, side with the hunter, but I mean, it was just, I'm just saying in the mind of a 14 or 15 year old, like after you get done seeing the movie, there was plenty of action scenes to talk about. There was plenty of awesome to talk about, but it was a cool concept because it was like, okay, it's not just some mindless, not knocking it, but it's not like the xenomorph and aliens, like this kind of, you know, mindless, even though they weren't mindless, but you know what I'm saying? Like this horde of creatures coming at you. It was, it, it was a unique concept. Okay, this thing is coming to earth and it's coming to hunt people. You know, we've seen something similar in various uh, um, series of Star Trek, you know, most notably the Herogen and Voyager, you know, that they're, they're hunting. Um, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting concept. So yeah, that, how does it make me feel? It, it makes me feel like I'm 14 and enjoying actuaries again, you know? So okay. I'll, I'll sum up my comments like that. You know, I have an interesting relationship with these Predator movies. I haven't seen them in a while. Um, I did enjoy the action end of it. I, I chuckled a little seeing Danny Glover and I'm thinking, you're too old for this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gary Busey was good, um, but I wasn't, I don't know, it didn't grab me this time. I don't know what it was. I don't know if I just wasn't in the mood or, or what. So I, you know, talking about the first versus the second, I, I think I enjoyed the first one more from our most recent rewatch, even though I think I missed the broadcast, the recording of the Predator podcast, but I do remember watching it. Um, this one didn't grab me this time, and I'm not sure why. Um, so I guess if I had to pick one, I'd take the original. But as far as I think Pat hits it on the head, you know, it, it's like being a kid again and watching these movies for no other reason than a little bit of excitement and gore. Why not? You know, um, urban hunting is 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 uh, very different than jungle hunting. You know, mm-hmm. so that this movie does have that going for it. But that, I think that's part of why I like this movie. Why I had fun with this movie because. It took the idea, you know, you went from in the alien movies, like you went from the aliens are, you know, the alien, the, the one singular alien 
is loose on a ship. So it's like, there's nowhere else you can go. You're pretty much just trapped to this thing. It's going to kill you all. Um, you know, that that's how it goes. Aliens, you're still, I mean, you're on their home turf now and there's a lot more of them, but you're still pretty much on a ship-like structure. Like you're in a, you're in a colony. It's pretty much still the same type of environment. It really hasn't changed. And I think that's what I really like about the Predator movies, at least these first two, is that you're st- it's still the concept of the hunter. And he's got some kind of a, a hunter's code about him. And we saw him hunting in the jungle, which is a very natural place, you know, for a hunter to be out in the wild. And now you have a brand new jungle. You have the city and the city with all of its different landscapes and the different opportunities for camouflage and hiding and, and whatnot. Um, and I think that's why I thought it always did really well as a sequel was because it took the mm-hmm. same concept, but it just it added that extra little twist to it because I think some of my favorite predator stories have been ones where it's still pretty much the same concept that he's the predator or whoever it is, is some kind of a hunter. It's some kind of a hunt is involved. Um, And we're just, we're changing up a few of the rules of the game a little bit. We're changing up some of the scenery a little bit. Um, I had mentioned to uh, Jason Colvin, um, one of the hosts of the surely you can't be serious podcast that we interact with a lot on Twitter, part of the Oklahoma contingent. We had tweeted back and forth about this just a little bit. And uh, he answered um, a question. That's one of our three questions and uh, said that he would be interested to see the predators show up in some kind of like a Canadian Rockies kind of situation where it's, it's snowy and it's in the mountains. And it, and I, and I wrote back and I said, well, actually one of my favorite predator comics that came out at around the same time as this movie, maybe 91 I had to go back and look was called predator cold war. And it actually takes place in Siberia. Um, and it was just, I just thought that was a really cool concept. I was like, Oh, this is cool. This, it came out, you know, not too long after predator two, I think. And it, so it was, you've got the jungle, you've got Los Angeles, and now you've got a completely different um, set of scenery for them to deal with. And, you know, predators that typically, you know, why is he doing this? Cause I thought they only hunted when it was really hot and you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's one of the things I thought this movie did really well as a sequel was it took what really worked with the first predator and it just, it, it twisted it just a little bit um, to make it work for predator two. And we, we can talk just a minute in about some of the characters in the movie and, and how, cause you mentioned Danny Glover and that's a bit of a leap to have your original protagonist be Arnold Schwarzenegger. And your follow-up is Danny Glover. See, it's funny because I, I, I was thinking about this on the rewatch. And, you know, I, I'm sure if, you know, you've, you've talked about the comics and stuff and they've had a chance to kind of expose this. I think, you know, now when you get movies, it's like movie franchises, right? Like, you know, you're expected if you come out with a movie or an idea, you're expected to have at least three right? Like that's, that's not even like, no one makes a movie anymore. It's three. And if you, if you haven't done three movies, well, then you're going to do like 20 of them. You know, it's almost like movies have become sort of like TV where, where each movie is another serialized part of the overall story. But I often thought while rewatching this, like, you know what, the predator concept, that would totally lend itself to multiple, multiple, multiple sequels. Because here's the thing, the predator is kind of the um, the main the main thing in this movie, the the driver of the story, right? I mean, or the unique part of the story, however you want to describe it. You know, the guys over on the Friendly Fire podcast when they were describing Predator, the original, it was like 
they thought it was a lame movie until the predator showed up. So it was like the alien Mm -hmm. invaded a bad movie, I think is the way they described it. Yeah. Um, But my gosh, think about this. You could have almost unlimited sequels because you just change it up and have a completely new setting, cast, everything. And it's like, okay, how is this group going to deal with the predator? You know, I mean, you you really, you, you don't need to get the same actors. You don't need the same actresses. Um, you could do flashback ones. You could do ones in the future. You could do, like you said, I mean, it's, it's kind of a cool concept because it's like, and in some ways you would succeed by not overtelling the story of the predator. Sort of like we said with Terminator, you know, they, the, the sequels, they opened the doors a little bit too much. And it was like, as soon as you saw enough of that world, it wasn't as scary and as exciting. You want to keep it mysterious. So keep the predator mysterious make it about, make the story about the characters around him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and like, okay, the first one, it was a, you know, some special forces operation that, okay, now they have to contend with the predator. This one is, you know, a police story. Um, and now they got to contend with the, pre- like, I, I mean, I, I think you could do multiple sequels and keep it fresh because it's like, okay, how does this group of people deal with the predator? I, I just think that could be cool. Yeah. Well, and that's something that that was during a time when I was that's when my first started with a lot of my comic book collecting Mm -hmm. and and a lot of my first comics that I got, you know, I I got Batman and Superman and all that. But um, when I really started to get into it, I actually kind of shifted over from the superhero comics into um, Dark Horse comics in particular, because they were the ones that had a lot of the really great movie properties. You know, they Mm -hmm. were doing the they did the RoboCop versus Terminator. They did the aliens. They did Predator. They did. Yeah. um, Yeah. Star Wars, they all this other stuff, and so I'm not I'm not saying every single one of their comic book series was you know movie worthy you know to to be adapted into a movie, but it's exactly what you said is that there were plenty of times where somebody had created a comic book with the Predator character and had had given it just just a little twist. Same thing with mm-hmm. the Terminator too. There's there's a ton of stories you can tell. I, the the people making the movies don't seem to get this, but there's a ton of tor- stories that you can tell. You just need to make a few changes here and there, and make the characters compelling enough, and boom, you've got yourself a story that works. And mm-hmm. that was something that I always thought was great that they did in those comics. Now, you mentioned about you know just change the scenario up a little bit, and I know we've got one of our three questions is is kind of similar to this, but it was something I just thought okay. of. It's, it's not my answer to my. My, my question and the three questions, but um, something I just thought of is it would be interesting to have a premise for a movie be where the predator goes into a situation where he is the hunter and come to find out that what he is hunting is more advanced than he is. And all of a sudden he becomes the hunted and, and that mm. could be an interesting twist on it too, is you've got this predator who he's always got the upper hand and this one time it's, he's not, he's not fighting a team of people. He's not fighting a group of cops. He's not doing any of that that he you know all of a sudden realizes that he's in over his head mm-hmm. cool and he's got to deal with that way or you know whatever it might be um but i think there's a lot of stuff you can do with these movies and i think that i, I kind of feel like after two a lot of it just kind of fell off the rails mm-hmm. with regard to the alien versus predator movies and the, the newer predator movies they've made lately and yeah, I haven't seen the newer ones, but like a- Alien versus Predator, here's my problem with that is they kind of got away from the formula, if you will, where they made it about the people um, the people surrounding it, and the Predator was still a thing of mystery. In AVP, they, they, they kind of opened that door to that world a little bit too much. 
he wasn't as scary or, you know, uh, um, awe-inspiring as he was in the other movies. And it just kind of became, you know, it, it became like Godzilla versus Mothra. Not knocking it, but I mean, that's kind of what it was. Like, okay, these these two things going at each other and we kind of know what's going to happen. I mean, the Alien vs. Predator video game is really, really cool. But yeah. the, uh, but a movie... And, and the it, comic is great. I love the comic. Okay, cool. Yeah, if they, had, the, if they had taken the story of the comic, actually, one of our three questions is based on the Aliens vs. Predator comic book. If they had taken that story... Mm-hmm. Where where they are in the midst of a hunt, where they have you know they're hunting the aliens on this world, and this colony has been wiped out, and one of the humans actually gets to the point where where she does something to kind of deem herself worthy in the eyes of the predators, so they actually allow her to join them mm-hmm. um, because she's got nobody left. Uh, that that was the premise of the story: is she becomes a human predator and become and becomes part of their tribe and and everything that goes along with that and how she has to deal with that and um but yeah otherwise the the movies that they came out with were just not they they weren't of the same caliber yeah i agree so bo not as much a fan of this one what is it about this one that doesn't that doesn't quite work for you now you you mentioned a couple of different things but um where does this one fall apart for you Is it is it story wise? Is it you know Danny Glover's just not quite as muscle bound as as Arnie is, so it's a <laughs> well, little yeah, unreal. But it is it is Arnold. No, I I think it's mostly pacing and story. I just couldn't get into it this time. Okay. I don't know if it's. But you've enjoyed somewhat, it other times you watched it. Um, that I remember. I okay. mean, I will admit, Predator not not top on my list of of rewatches. I've probably only seen these two movies two or three times okay ever okay um and this one probably only twice from the first time i saw it and this time um i've seen the original off and on just this one doesn't uh this one doesn't randomly show up on tv like the original does Mm -hmm. for whatever reason um yeah i just wasn't into it predictability i think a little bit of it you know um, (laughs) the the scene where they go back and investigate the room and you're like, Oh yeah, somebody going to die. And I don't know. Um, it didn't, didn't grab me by the, by the ears this time around. Didn't, didn't grab you by the predator mandibles. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think maybe it was the whole, the, the, the subplot of at the beginning, you know, the subplot of the don't interfere with the government's investigation mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. Sort of felt contrived, I guess. Well, and that may be, there may have just been too many subplots going. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe I just couldn't get into one plot. Maybe that yeah. was, that actually might describe it better than I can. Cause I really predator. The first one was a much simpler movie. It's you've got this oh, team. Totally. It was, you've got this team in the jungle and that's pretty much it. And, this movie tries to layer, layer some things on, and I don't know if it completely successfully does. I mean, for the most part, you t- I tended to forget about the the government guys until the very end of the movie, and then come to find out that they know exactly what this predator is, how it operates, how it can see. How right, I'm like, oh, like, well, had that's... it all figured out. They're like, oh, we studied this, and we know what he is. We just have to catch him. And... Right. Like, like, oh, once once again, okay. don't don't mess with Gary Busey. Is what we're learning. <laughs> well, true. 
True. And really, when you think about it, duh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who's got those eyes as crazy as that dude. Yeah. And I've heard some like interactions with him in real life. Not I've had some, but I've heard some people mm-hmm. that have had some. And uh, yeah, they, they say he's a, he's a little, you know, he's a little, uh, he's a little crazy. Well, see, I, and I quoted that part of the movie earlier, but I am completely, and I think it's in the trailer too. Um, I am completely convinced that he's not acting in that scene <laughs> where, where he's, where yes. he does the whole thing. He's like lions and tigers and bears. bears. Oh, oh my. my. When he does that whole thing, I'm like, I, I don't yeah. know that the, does the dude know that the cameras are rolling is my question. <laughs> or is he just talking and somebody happened to be filming it? And I think he might just be that crazy. So. Well, director, that's, that's, that's how they that's got my, it, right? That's that's my hot take on Gary Busey. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I think something about this movie. Now, I, in terms of getting into like the characters and things like that, um, I like the idea of the hunting ground now being the city. Um, mm-hmm. I like the idea that you know once again it's when when things get hot, the predator comes out, and that's when he's going to do his hunting. Uh, which is funny. I was listening to a a podcast earlier this week and they were talking about um it was a podcast they were talking about the importance of shade in los angeles because with cities building up and and having very few trees there's not a lot of shade in the city so they just continue to heat up more and more and more and uh at the beginning of the podcast they said and this episode we're going to talk about why the why shade is a matter of life and death in los angeles and i'm like well no kidding because when it gets hot the predator comes out so if you don't have shade and your city heats up then you're going to get hunted you're going to be killed and and that's why it you you're gonna be dead. So only if you have weapons. Well, I guess that's true too. I guess if you're just a little kid that's offering candy, then no, you're you're gonna be okay. But yeah, no. or if you're pregnant. But that's true too. That's true too. Um, so that's actually one of the things that my I guess my only gripe with this movie is in the first one, it was very clear the predator was hunting pretty much everybody. Um, mm-hmm. because in the jungle, there were not a whole lot of options. You know, there were the there were the people that lived there, um, you know, that that is their native land. And then there was the special ops team. But you didn't have a whole lot of options. So it was very clear why the predator was hunting those people, because that was what was within his hunting ground. He is in downtown Los Angeles with many, 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 many people. And yet somehow he's always choosing to go after this group of cops. Like he's he's taking out every partner that Dan, I mean, it, it almost goes from being a hunt into like a personal thing of, well, I'm, and, and maybe that is part of the hunt, but it's like, well, maybe Danny Glover is, is the most worthy opponent. So therefore I'm going to take out all his people and I'm going to force him to come to me. And, it, but then that almost to me doesn't fit with the MO of the predator that I'm not sure Danny Glover has shown why he would be the most worthy person in all of Los Angeles to be. Mm-hmm. Well, because he's the highest paid actor on in the movie. Well, I, I get that part, but. <laughs> Sorry, I just couldn't help myself. Okay, I'm going to change your name from Love Fest to something else. Yeah, um, but you're, I think you're totally right. Like, it doesn't necessarily rise to that. In the first movie, you could understand why he was going after who he was going after. Oh, yeah. I mean, biceps alone, you knew exactly why he was going after the people people was going after. Sure. But I, Danny Glover, Danny I mean, Glover, yeah, he's, he's a great guy, but what made him... the gym tonight, you know? No, and, and, and what made him, I mean, other than having a bit of a temper and being a bit of a rebel, what made him a worthy opponent? Because that's the thing I always got out of the Predator movies was that part of this Hunter's Code is 
I'm going to, you know, I may hunt some other people here and there, but I'm, I really, as a warrior, as a hunter, I'm really after the big game. I'm after a challenge because then I can prove myself as a hunter. Um, and I just didn't, that was the one thing about this movie that I, on all the different rewatches since I was a kid, when I was a kid, I didn't care about it, but all subsequent rewatches, I kept running that through my head going, what is it that makes Danny Glover other than being the protagonist of the film? What is it that makes him worthy of the big hunt? And that's, and that's what, that's the only part where this movie kind of falls apart for me. Mm-hmm. Otherwise the rest of it's fun. Like the whole idea of, you know, a, a gang war and, you know, some of the different, I, I kind of almost wish they would have played up a little bit of the kind of voodoo aspect of King Willie and, and some of the other characters a little bit and, and mix that in with the whole idea of the yeah, predator. There's like, and There's another side plot that just yeah. kind of took you off on this tangent. <laughs> but I will tell you as a kid, the one thing that forgave any kind of issues I had with this movie was when the predator is polishing the skulls mm-hmm. and he goes to open that little closet on his spaceship mm-hmm. and, and you see the alien skull in there. I remember I, I might've peed my pants as a kid when I saw that <laughs> because I don't feel like too many times you had movies back then. You didn't have movies crossover with each other. You know, right. you, you didn't have a shared universe. There, there was no MCU on the, even on the radar yet. So you didn't have movies that crossed over with each other. And I remember my friends and I who were huge alien fans lost our stuff when we saw that there was an alien skull inside the predator ship. I remember, I remember just, just completely like jaws to the floor, like, Whoa, wait a minute. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And just blew our little minds. Mm -hmm. So that pretty much forgave any kind of, warts that this movie has okay but so uh, that's where i sit with it i i really i enjoyed this movie on rewatching it it'd been a few years since i'd rewatched it but on rewatching it again i think i still enjoy this movie just as much um as i've been sitting here thinking about it a little bit i predator one might still be my favorite movie the first one might still be my favorite just because when i look at the different characters in the different movies i think i still like the characters better in the first one Okay. You know, that, that whole, the whole team of commandos um, and just their different personalities. I think that is more interesting to me. Um, I think I remember commenting a couple of years ago when we did our predator episode, I think I remember commenting that time that the music drove me nuts because it was just very repetitive. Mm. And, and this time it did, I still, you know, same composer, but it just didn't drive me nuts this time. I maybe a little bit more variety, but yeah. Yeah. So, huh. so that's what I got. I, I don't know if I have too many more things to say about Predator Two. I mean, it's a fun movie. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I love mean, the love the urban jungle idea of it, and love the strong female sidekick or co-star mm-hmm. or what have you. That was um, um, when when we were uh, uh, watching this as uh, uh, when I was watching this as kids. That was always my favorite. She was always my favorite character, and mm-hmm. I think that was kind of like my group of friends. We always cheered for her. We we thought she was awesome. Yeah, well, and she always reminded me of Vasquez from Aliens. Mm. Yeah, that's right. In fact, that's what I think we called her. It okay. was just like because we could never remember her name, so mm-hmm. it was just like we just described it as the Vasquez in Aliens and the Vasquez in Predator. Okay. Um. Because they and, almost and the Vasquez like, and the Running Man and yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um, but no but it, it, but in this and um, um, 
well, obviously aliens, but in this, yeah, we, we thought she was pretty tough. So, especially watching her with Bill Paxton. Yeah. That was pretty fun. Oh, and, his, and his character is a lot of fun in this one, too. Yeah. And not a complete tool. I mean, well, a tool, but not a complete tool. Like, he was legit at the, I mean, legitimately trying to keep mm-hmm. people alive. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was, that was cool how they wrote that. Mm-hmm. And which, which almost, if you think about it, in Aliens, and I'm, I'm going to blank out, was it Frost? Was that his name? Yeah, the Lieutenant. Other, the other guy. No, no, no. Um, the other one that kind of, uh, oh, shoot. I'm thinking of something else. Well, I was th- no, no, no. Actually, I'm, I'm, I am kind of thinking of maybe the same thing. Um, but I think I'm thinking of Gorman. Okay. That isn't it? He and Vasquez that kind of go out together because they're holding yeah. on to the grenade together. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of reminded me a little bit of you know when Bill Paxton kind of sacrifices himself to save her. In yeah. this mo- in this movie, kind of reminded me of that moment in Aliens. Okay. Yeah. So some similar beats here and there. Well, do we have anything else we want to say about this one before we jump into three questions? <laughs> Um, I don't, I enjoyed it. I, you know, I've heard some things, you know, on some podcasts that, uh, the, the predator costume had some, um, possible, possibly kind of racist overtones or whatnot. I don't know if you guys had heard anything about that. And, uh, I, I know I think that was, was that was on friendly fire, wasn't it? I heard it mentioned there. And yeah. when I was looking up the reviews of this movie, I know that Ebert was not a fan of this movie and he actually mentioned it as well. Okay. Um, and, and it was like, I, I was kind of like at a loss as to like, okay, I'm, I'm not quite seeing it. Like I, I try to be tuned to that kind of thing. I, I didn't quite see it, but then they described it like just the, the idea of the dreadlocks and everything mm-hmm. that the alien had. And then the friendly fire guys mentioned that, you know, in one of the interviews, the guy says some things about it that the guy, uh, the producer, the director or something yeah. says some things that are, um, you know, a little bit a little bit questionable commentary there. I don't know much about it other than that. I mean, like I said, it, it totally blew by me, which obviously it could. Um, but I mean, it, it totally blew by me when, uh, uh, in, in watching this movie, but I, I, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there seeing if you guys had heard any of that kind of stuff, but. Yeah, not, not really. I, I really hadn't thought about that or heard that until the, until hearing it on the friendly fire okay. podcast and I mean, that's not to say that it's not there, um, but I, I never made that connection when yeah. I was watching before that maybe my own ignorance, but um, I never made that connection as a kid, never really made that connection as an adult. I mean, now that I've heard somebody say it, I'm like, oh, okay, I can, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember if it was, you know, Stan Winston was, um, you know, he was the, he was the one that designed the predator costume and everything that the design for it. Um I don't remember if it was him. It might've been him that made some of the comments that, you know, even if you tried to defend it, it's like, well, no, maybe it's not, maybe that's not what they intended. And I think like you were saying, I I think he actually said something at one point in time and I I don't remember if it was him or not, but um, Mm -hmm. one of them said something that kind of led you to believe, Oh no, they actually, yeah, they meant it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I will. Yeah. I will say this for the predator costume. I saw a guy go down the road on with on a motorcycle the other day and his helmet, was the predator head, the predator helmet. Mm. And it was like really well done. I don't know if it was like something you pull over your helmet, but it was like, it had the dreadlocks and everything. And it it literally looked like the predator riding down the street on a motorcycle. It was really tough. Yeah, it was, it was cool. 
There is whenever people because uh, we got, you know, coming up at the end of February, we've got that big comic book show in Chicago that we go to every year. And it's always impressive to me when you have uh, anybody dress up as the Predator, because typically mm-hmm. it's somebody that's pretty tall um, and their costumes are elaborate. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they go all out. And one time we actually saw a family. It was like a, a husband, a wife and even a child that were all dressed up as Predators. Oh, uh, wow. And, and even the kids Predator costume was spot on. That's awesome. So these these people invested some money, or they were just really predators, and they were enjoying the comic book show. Yeah, maybe they were. You know, taking a break from the hunting and killing, and so. Uh, really quickly before we jump into our three questions, I did want to mention one little uh, kind of trivia thing I saw somewhere. The predators, when they get to the end of the movie, and Danny Glover is in the predator ship, and then multiple predators show up. Um, that was a scene that that kind of you know got me as a kid too. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, we're seeing more than one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go and they hand him that like Revolutionary War era uh, uh, musket that yeah. he's got. Um, but uh, I guess those predators in that scene were Los Angeles Lakers players. Oh, but cool. they were they were needing some tall people to put in the costumes, and they were like, "Well, we're we're in L.A., so let's grab nice. the Lakers." That's cool. So I thought that was kind of cool. All right, three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions impossible to answer impossible because you don't know the answer nobody could answer that question i want to ask you a bunch of questions i want to have them answered immediately what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, so our three questions this time around. In one of the comics, question number one, in one of the comics, the Predators invite a human to join their ranks after she earns the respect of a Predator clan member. If you were the last survivor of a space colony and your choices were to remain on the colony alone or join the Predators, which would you choose? Let's say there's, and let's say there's no chance of rescue. Like you're not going to get if you decide to stay on this planet, you are here. You are the only person there. You are living out the rest of your days. Solo. Do I have to be locked into the predator lifestyle or is it something that I can try out and then I'm going to kind of jump ship and do my own thing? Um, I, I kind of think once you're in the clan, you're in the clan. Yeah, I don't know. I've always wanted to get away. And uh, I'm not much of a joiner, so I'd probably stay in. Well, wait a minute. Is the space station like by like a, a, a large body of water? Would I be like, you know, is it like? Could be the colony you're on. Yeah. The, Could be. Yeah, you, I mean, so basically what you're saying is you're not going to go with the Predators. You're just going to be uh, Tom Hanks and Castaway. Yeah. If I could be Tom Hanks and Castaway okay. or Luke as Skywalker. Long as, you, as long as you have a volleyball, you don't need the Predators. Okay, or Luke Skywalker on Skellig Michael, or you know, like something okay. like that. Like, would that be an option? Sure, why not? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd hang out by myself. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. I would probably join the Predators. I don't think I could uh, wrap my head around being alone for that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't think I could do that. Yeah. Um... I think I'd probably, I don't know. I'd probably stick it out on the colony. I'm, I'm not much of a hunter. 
And I just, I don't know. I, I don't know that the, I don't know that the predator lifestyle is going to be one that, I mean, I've, I've gone to college. I've, I've been to a frat party. So I kind of figured that maybe part of the predator lifestyle is very much like a very hyper aggressive frat party. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, actually <laughs> now that I said it that way, that totally changed how I look at the predators. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing them. I'm picturing them on their ship in between hunts, doing a bunch of keg stands and yeah. Dude, what kind of frat parties did you go to? Dudes I, with masks and laser guns and trying to spear <laughs> bricks, stab someone with a trident. <laughs> John, you might want to lay low for a couple of weeks here. Yeah, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't need fake IDs. So we can just turn invisible and walk through. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd probably stay on the colony. I don't. I don't think the predator life is for me. Uh, we did have uh, Jason Colvin on Twitter at uh, jcolvin24, host of the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Uh, he responded and also said, I'd probably hang around the colony alone. So kind of on the same page with that one. Man. All right. Uh, question number two. We've seen The Predator in the Jungle and The Urban Jungle. Ignoring the other sequels and the AVP movies, uh, what setting would you like to see for a future Predator movie? I think we talked about it already. But we've talked about the jungle. We talked about the urban jungle. I think the um, a Siberian forest might be fun. You know, we talked about a cold location. Um, yeah, maybe he needs to go. Oh, wait, I got it. What you got? Lay it on us. You need to send him to Chernobyl. Oh. He can go. hunt around Pripyat and pick okay. off all the tourists. Okay. <laughs> Like it's cold the, and it's radioactive. You could do the you could do the same thing in Orlando at Disney World. That's true. That's yeah. very true. <laughs> but then it's not cold. That's that that actually might be a fun movie too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Predator Three: The Magical Kingdom. <laughs> uh, well, you know that Disney could make a ride out of it somehow. Predator Four: The Happiest Place on Earth. There we go. I got, I got all kinds of ideas. We can keep this going. I can see because then what you could do is you could have him stand atop Epcot holding up a, his spear and a skull and some lightning strikes. And Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. I think we quit our jobs and just start writing the screenplay. Yeah, that's yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pat, what do you want to see? What, what situation do you want to, are you, are you wanting, um, Alien and Predator go to White Castle, or, or what, I don't know. What do you want to see? Alien and Predator go to. <laughs> That's good too. <laughs> Old school Predator style. No, I um honestly, I'd want to see like a blast from the past. I'd want to see, you know, remember remember the movie Cowboys vs Aliens? Yeah. Like I'd want to see Old West Predator. I'd want to see, um, you know, like a. You, sword and sandals movie with the predator like the predator in ancient rome you want to see or, you want to see the predator face down billy the kid and mimic back to him i'll make you famous i i i think you know i think that would be awesome there i think go. that would be outstanding you know like that scene in the original young guns when billy leans out the window and calls out to the guy hey looks like you got so and so with you there yeah we got him and plenty other kabam well looks like you don't got him anymore or something like i could see like you know him gunning down some predators like that mm-hmm. I, you know it's uh yeah I, I i think that would be i would love to see like that you know in in the um the the old west or or you know a, a, a historical type time period mm-hmm. um 
And I know I was kind of panning this idea in terms of like crossovers and all that kind of stuff, but I'm just going to throw in there. It would be awesome to see a Wolverine versus Predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's been done in comics. I'm not sure. You know, it, I think it's actually been done. Did I ever show you those uh, little short films that they make? Um, oh yeah. Yes. The superpower, superpower beat down or something. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I'll have to look cause I should have. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'll, I'll take a look for it. I'll, I'll send you the link if I can find it or I'll put it in, you know, put it in the show or, or whatever. Um, I'm pretty sure they did a predator Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to find it for you. I, I'm, wow. I'm almost positive they did. Yeah. Well, in any event, that would be what I would like to see. I would like to see okay. predator in the old West or predator in, you know, medieval times or Roman times or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean I think I like the idea of going back because you kind of and they almost kind of set it up that way when they handed him that musket um, at the end of Predator Two. Like you almost got the sense that well, we've completely opened up the door to what kind of movies we can make now. Um, we don't have to keep going into the future. We can go into the past. We can because clearly the predators have been around here for a very long time. Um, and I think actually even in was it, it might have been Alien versus Predator. I don't remember if it was Alien versus Predator requiem or one of them um they even kind of make the statement that well the predators actually came here and taught humans how to build civilization you know like mm-hmm. they were they were the gods of the ancient aztecs or they were the gods of the uh, ancient egyptians or something like that so clearly they've been coming back you know this is their favorite little hunting ground uh, that they've been coming back to for thousands of years now so um so you've got that I think something I would be interested to see is, and I don't know, there's, there's some of the predator sequels or alien versus predator sequels that I have not seen. Um, I would be curious to see something even on like the predator homeworld. Mm-hmm. Like, like I would be, you know what, actually that we could twist it around then. I would almost be curious to see if you took the idea of, um, you know, the humans, humans have become sick and tired of being the ones that the predators always come to hunt uh, I'd almost be curious to see a movie where you actually have a human that somehow gets to the predator homeworld and he does the hunting. Mm-hmm. So, so turn it around a bit and, and that could be kind of fun, but um, yeah, I like the idea too of the, you know, the predator cold war comic that takes place in Siberia. That was always a fun one. Uh, Jason Colvin actually replied, responded to this question too, and said, I'd love to see a predator movie set in the Canadian Rockies, cold and snow, although a desert movie would be good too. Um. So yeah, I, I, there's a whole bunch of different situations that that you could put it into. So I'm, I'm good with whatever. Yeah, yeah. All right. And question number three: What is your favorite movie or TV show that involves a hunt of some kind? Mine's easy: Hunt for Red October. There you go. It's a little on the nose with it in the title, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought about <laughs> trying to avoid it, but I was like, why? Uh huh. Yeah. No need to. Exactly. What about you, John? What do you got? Well, Jason Colvin, again, he responded. Actually, I think he responded to all these questions, um, but uh, he actually stole mine. He, he mentioned mine first. Uh, it's actually the episode of Looney Tunes where Elmer Fudd is. Uh, we've got rabbit season and duck season. Mm-hmm. That, that is nice. probably my favorite. My favorite yes. hunt of all time is rabbit season, duck season. That is one of my and, favorite uh, cartoons of all time. Yep. Yep. And uh, I I reference it repeatedly, but, uh, you know, something like if we're going beyond that, you know, even something like The Running Man, uh, a couple other people might have mentioned Terminator. You know, if if I was being serious, I mean, I I love the rabbit season, duck season thing, but um, maybe something like The Running Man, 
okay. or something like that. I was I always thought that was a fun one. Yeah, I. That's pretty cool. I don't know that I've got anything. I don't know. I my my nothing's really standing out. And I, I suppose if I went through and tried to like look at, you know, everything that you know had hunt in the title or you know how how far can we stretch the question? I could come up with something. But yeah, I really don't. I really don't have much for you right now. Yeah, that's all right. All right. Well, yeah. I I think that's probably going to do it for us for our three questions and for our Predator Two episode. So um, this is this concludes our month. Uh, actually, our first month of the new decade of 1990. Um, so we are one twelfth of the way through the year, gentlemen. Wow. Wow. When you well, put it that way, I know it's kind of crazy. And I'm, now I feel bad. It was that I it was, didn't it was my understanding that there would be no math during the podcast, but. Uh, and I feel bad that I didn't answer one of the questions when we had five questions, then it was like, I still, you know, I'd still score 80%. Now I'm, I'm like in D range, man. I, I mean, got like, I got up my game. I, I wasn't going to say anything, but you know, it's uh, not, okay. I'm not, a, I'm not a math teacher. So, okay, here we go. Jumanji done. Bam, there we go. Mike there works. there we works. go. I'm back in. Pat's back. There we go. You got Pat's it. Pat's back. Pat's back. Oh man. that would, Ooh, a Jumanji predator crossover. That'd be fun. Yeah. 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 The predators hunting Robin Williams. Hmm. That's a very what different is, movie. What it was, what it will be. <laughs> See, if you get me going again, we're going to have a lot of trouble here. <laughs> Weather out there today. Okay. No. All right. Right. There's uh, horns everywhere. Maybe drop a little napalm there. Try to cook them down. Maybe a little barbecue. Um, See, when you get me going on the Good Morning Vietnam stuff, it's kind of like, do you remember that episode where when they started singing um, uh, I'm Sailing Away and, mm-hmm. Cart- and, and Cartman had to finish it? <laughs> you guys. <laughs> like he couldn't move on with anything until he finished singing the rest of the song. So they would purposefully start the song and then stop at a certain point. Mm-hmm. So he had to keep singing. That's kind of like when you start the lines from Good Morning Vietnam. I kind of have to complete them. Once you late. Once he lays into it, Clark. Mm-hmm. Once he lays into you, Clark, it's better uh-huh. just to just let him finish. Let him finish. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in terms of finishing, I think we're finished with this episode. So if you want to yeah. find out more about our show, it's 30podcast.com, at 30 podcasts on most of the social medias. Uh, if you'd like to call in and leave a voicemail, just as uh, James D. Graves did, um, you can do that too, 872-356-6843. That's 872-35-MOVIE. If you want to be, if you want those old school people that remembers that there used to be letters on the numbers on your telephone. Uh, starting next episode, next episode starts our Love is in the Air month. It's February. It's Valentine's Day. So for the next four episodes, Love is in the Air. Uh, this is when Love Fest, Bo, the Love Fest warm bowl really shines, is in the romantic comedy movies. Um, yeah, that's yeah. definitely it. Okay. All right. I just, I'm, I'm just trying to set you up for success for this month. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm I'm here for you, Bo. I'm here for you. I personally um, am a romantic comedy, but I appreciate okay. this. Okay. I, I think I probably tend to lean a little bit more along the comedy range, but that's all right. Um, hmm. So coming up in our Love is in the Air month is uh, episode number 284 will be Pretty Woman coming up next week. 285 Ghost, 286 Wild at Heart, and 287 Mermaids. Um, without going too far into it, any of those four jump out at you right away as, as being a favorite of that group? Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that. 
I, I got to say, of all these, I've seen all of them except for Wild at Heart. So that's the one I'm kind of most interested to see because that's the only one I haven't seen. Yeah, I'm not sure I've seen that one either. It doesn't ring any bells. Yeah, oh, it's 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 young Nicolas Cage and, La- I and it. it just means I don't remember it. Right, it's a uh, young Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern, and I think Willem Dafoe might be in it too. Oh, uh, so me, it, it, it sounds might, just crazy enough that it might be good. It might be Pretty Woman might be my favorite of that list. Okay. Hmm. I gotta tell you, as <laughs> I have seen Ghost and I enjoyed it once, mm-hmm. but I do not feel the. For some people, Ghost is a return to it movie and return to it often, and this mm-hmm. has never been that for me. This will probably only be the third time I've ever seen it. And okay. I haven't seen Mermaids in a long, long time. I am not a fish. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what we got coming up soon. So in the meantime, thank you, gentlemen, for being here with us. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. All All right. We'll see you all back here next time. So be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next week for Pretty Woman. That was the one with Tom Hanks, Mermaids, right? Where he's like in the pool. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah. you're thinking you're thinking of Splash. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's right. So Sweet I totally die. Mis- that's too funny. That's yeah. All right.